Good morning and welcome to this assembly. Your interest in coming to this assembly is certainly appreciated. We hope to see you again today at 5 o'clock. Please have your Bible ready in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. I'll meet you there in just a few minutes. Let me take just a moment to say something to the members of this church about something we've been talking about the last few weeks. Especially if you are on social media like Facebook, Laurel Heights has a Facebook page that announces sermon topics and shares information about our work. And I receive statistics monthly and in the month of March, we reached 691 people. And that is 75% up from the previous months. And I think I know the reason. It's because members here are sharing the content that we post about what we do here. Please keep doing that. Share our website through email or social media. And when you see sermon topic announcements that come out in a brief video every Thursday, share those with your friends. I know that not everything about social media is good, but our use of this communication method can be a part of what we do to spread the gospel. So this year, once a month, the sermon series is... What a difference it can make in your life when you just use the Bible. Read the Bible on a regular basis. We recommend daily Bible reading. And as you read the Bible, let what is written reach you. Not just for learning, but for living. Living as one responsive and obedient to Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said one time, And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So, 12 sermons this year, developing this theme, what a difference it can make in your life when you just use the Bible. So let's use the Bible now in Romans 15. Verses 1 through 4. We who are strong have an obligation to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. I'm at verse 4. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. This was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome. And there is a statement in verse 4 to which I call your attention. Whatever was written in former days 
was written for our instruction. Now, Paul wrote this. Let's locate it in time. Paul wrote this after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, after the church was established. The epistle to Rome became a part of the New Testament, but he says about Scripture written in former days, those writings were given to be read for our learning. This is a reference to the Old Testament. In the three previous sermons in this series, we have considered what the Bible says about God, about Christ, and about the Holy Spirit. The next step is the Old Testament. And I'd like to take our time this morning to respond to three common questions about the Old Testament. What is the Old Testament? Why do we need to read the Old Testament? And to what extent are we to use the content in the Old Testament? Now, we have a premise that we operate on as Christians. We consider all of Scripture to be inspired as perfectly expressed by Paul in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. But when you open the Bible, there are two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. So these questions deserve our attention. Number one, what is the Old Testament? It is God's record of the history of His plan before Christ came. God's record of the history of His plan before Christ came. God formed in his perfect mind a plan to redeem sinners. Before the world began, God had this plan in his mind. The Old Testament is an account of how God's plan unfolded before Christ came. The first book in the Old Testament tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And he filled the earth with necessary and beautiful provisions and made human beings, male and female. Sin came through those first two people with the consequences and God started making promises that salvation would be offered to all through the Savior. This is history that forms the background for the New Testament. God made promises to Abraham according to Genesis chapter 12. He formed a nation from Abraham's son Isaac. He gave that nation the law of Moses... It turns out they didn't keep that law. Prophets came and announced God's displeasure 
in those prophetic statements, and the prophets also gave clear prophecies that a Savior would come. The history God provides in the Old Testament is absolutely necessary for us to understand the New Testament message. God, in that former writing, said there would come a time when animal sacrifices and various provisions of the law of Moses would no longer be necessary or binding. I'm going to read something to you from the book of Jeremiah, which is in the Old Testament. And I'm reading this as an example that the Old Testament contained a prophecy pointing to the New Testament. Jeremiah 31 and verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now that's Jeremiah 31, 31. This is connected by the Hebrew writer in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 31, where the writer in the New Testament quotes that Jeremiah prophecy, and then he says this, Hebrews 8, 31. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete, and what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Similar to this, in Colossians 2.14, the old covenant between God and Israel is said to have been canceled, nailed to the cross in the death of Christ. So, we don't bring animal sacrifices to an altar. There is no Levitical priesthood Christ is our high priest, and we worship and obey him and the Father through the teachings in the New Testament given by the Holy Spirit. So the Old Testament is God's record of the history of his plan before Christ came. It is important to see that there is one unified story revealed in the Bible to which everything is connected. There is one unified story that is revealed in the Bible to which everything is connected. God's redemptive plan for humanity, for lost humanity. Everything connects to that theme, the people, the events, the history, all the books together tell one main big story. That's the outworking of God's redemptive plan that led to Christ and led to the information we have in this book about how we can be saved from sin through our response to Jesus Christ initially and continually. The Old Testament is God's record of the history of his plan before Christ came. Number two, why do we need to read 
the Old Testament. There might be some temptation to think in this manner. If we are not under the law of Moses, if we do not bring animals to the altar, if that old covenant or Old Testament was canceled, why have it? Why read it? What is the value? Well, first, when God tells us what he did leading to the coming of Christ, we need to listen to what he said. We need that history. It tells us who God is. It speaks to us of principles that are eternal. Like belief in God that leads to obedience and his high moral standard. Prophecy and fulfillment speaks to us loudly about the integrity of the Bible, the whole volume. The Old Testament stories illustrate many principles that need our attention today. So it may be easy to dismiss the value of the Old Testament, but it isn't wise at all. When we consider what Paul wrote in that passage we read in the beginning, where he said, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. May I give some examples? The wisdom contained in the book of Proverbs that parents for generations have shared with their children. Brief statements in the book of Proverbs that give us insight into what God has always expected of people. The reality of earthly vanity that is the subject of Ecclesiastes. Solomon talks about a lot of the early dif- uh, earthly difficulties that we go through. And eventually what he says in his conclusion is, here's what you do about all these earthly difficulties. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's valuable. The devotion to God depicted in the book of Psalms. The trust in God that David had that he wrote about. The worship that was offered to God. The praise brought to his throne. The detailed prophecies of the Messiah given by the prophets. Along with that, the moral instruction that the prophets gave. The prophets not only told about the coming Messiah. They talked a lot about where people were going wrong and what they ought to do that is right morally. The grace of God. You remember Noah? He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Every good thing that God did that we have a record of in the Old Testament came from the grace that we now have access to through Jesus Christ. So you've got Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Psalms. You've got the courage of the prophets, the prophecies of the prophets pointing to the Messiah, the grace of God. Alongside that, you have the wrath of God documented in the Old Testament. God finds sin offensive in every dispensation. 
And we need to be aware of that. Paul said the Old Testament was written for our learning, for our instruction. So the Old Testament is God's <clears throat> record of the history of his plan to bring Christ to the world. And we need to read and study the Old Testament, Paul said, for our learning. Third question, to what extent are we to use the Old Testament? In the first century, in the time of Jesus and the apostles, during that time as the gospel was spreading, the apostles encountered Jewish people who were so attached to the Old Covenant, the Law of Moses, and various parts of it, they did not fully accept the New Testament. There were even people who obeyed the gospel, but did not fully embrace the New Testament content that was delivered by the apostles. They were attempting to live under the authority of both covenants, the Old and the New. People of Jewish background obeyed the gospel, being baptized into Christ, yet would not sever their attachments to certain statutes and ordinances of the Mosaic law. Now, you read about this issue in the book of Romans. You read about this in Galatians. You read about this in Hebrews. I'm going to give you two examples, Galatians 2.16 and Hebrews 10 verse 1. Galatians 2.16 and Hebrews 10 verse 1. Galatians 2.16. We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. That has clear truth expressed in a very simple way. Then in Hebrews 10 and verse 1, for since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year make perfect those who draw near. See, the Old Testament law was never intended by God to be the universal law for all people for all time. It says in that Hebrews passage, it was a shadow of the good things to come. Law given by Moses kept the nation of Israel together before Christ came. The New Testament, however, is according to Jude verse 3, the faith once for all delivered to the saints. The Bible is an epic story told in 66 books written by more than 40 writers over a span 
of 1,500 years. It is from God. Interconnected, communicating to us the reality of a God who cares, who sent His Son, and who has blessed us with instruction for good living here that leads to heaven. I want to make it clear. There are moral principles that have always been true. Always been true. And men and women have always been accountable to God to comply with those moral principles. Murder has always been wrong. Adultery has always been wrong. Stealing, lying, gossip, malice, envy, hate, hypocrisy. Likewise, there are moral principles on the positive side which have always been true. Love, mercy, kindness, and patience. Obedience to God was necessary for the Jewish nation in Old Testament times. Obedience to God is necessary today through the activity of our faith in Christ. In the Old Testament, these things are illustrated in such a way as to lead us to Jesus Christ. What a difference it can make in your life when you just use the Bible. If you are not a Christian, we want to give you an opportunity to consider and perhaps to study with us further what it means to become a Christian. Recognize that God is above all. You get that message clearly from the Old Testament. The Bible is His Word. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Sin is our problem. We can be redeemed by the blood. So what do I need to do? The apostles said, hearing this message, believing in Christ, turn from your sin, confess your faith in Christ, be baptized for the remission of sins, to arise to walk in a new life, living faithfully before God. If you're subject to this invitation, we invite you to come as we stand.